0: Welcome to Beside the Burn for Wednesday the 2nd of March and today we begin a brand new series for Lent in the lead up to Easter looking at 40 women, unseen women from the Bible and we're going to journey throughout Lent from Eden through to Easter and we're going to look at these 40 women it's a book, it's all based on a book and um, it's a, a book by Rose Clark and uh, you can order it there are details on the blog below or if you need me to order in church you can sign the sheet and we'll get them as quickly as possible they cost eight pounds and We're going to look at these 40 women and it's going to give us a a different perspective on Easter this year. Because we're going to journey through the whole of the Bible. We're starting at Eden and we're going to make our way through to Easter. We're going to look at these uh, different women and they are going to give us a little insight into the particular part of the redemption story that they're involved in. Some of them are very well known, some of them not so well known. But each one of them have a, a major contribution to make. And sometimes we can skip over them. And even sometimes we know about them and we've looked at them in the past, but perhaps we've looked more at the men in the story. And so therefore, by concentrating on the woman, we're going to get a completely different perspective. just want to say something about Lent. Uh, This is Ash Wednesday, uh, the beginning of Lent. I suppose Lent isn't something that we've often done as as Presbyterians. It wouldn't be our our norm to uh, think about Lent. The idea would be that it's these 40 days leading up to Easter. Bear in mind that the 40 does not include the Sundays. So it's uh, each weekday and Saturday, but nothing on the Sunday. We'll just be doing Our thoughts as always, Monday to Friday. And then the Saturday uh, woman will be um, covered on the Sunday in church uh, so that you don't miss any of them. If you've got the book, uh, do read it and do follow along. We're following the same woman. On the same days as the book. But we might not always just be following the exact same emphasis as the book. So it will just give another little uh, perspective and a little more detail uh, about it. So let's let's dive straight in to our first one. And we're going to uh, begin by uh, looking at the story of Eve in chapter 1 of the book. And Eve, we're going to read about her from Genesis chapter 2. Uh, Genesis chapter 2 and reading from verse 15 uh, to the end of the chapter. And uh, we're going to uh, just read this together and then we'll have some thoughts on it. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. The Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man named each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock and birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Amen. I think sometimes Eve gets quite a raw deal whenever it comes to our Bible stories because she's always remembered as the one who ate the fruit off the tree that she was told not to eat from. She's always remembered as the one who led her husband astray, as it were, even though Adam is every bit as much to blame for that whole escapade as Eve is. So Eve has this rather negative position and we've already looked uh, recently uh, at the fall uh, from Genesis chapter 3 and I'm not proposing that we're going to spend a lot of time thinking about that today uh, whenever we're thinking about Eve we're going to concentrate on these verses uh, from Genesis chapter 2. But do bear in mind that the fall is the most significant event that happened in Eve's life and it's only because of the fall that we then will be able to get to Easter and it's only because of the bad news of the fall that Easter is such good news because Jesus comes to deal with everything that happened at the fall with Eve. But let's also think about Eve and and what else we discover from her and what else she brings to the story of redemption. Because there's much more to Eve than just the fall. And it centres around what we've just read together and it centres around what her relationship with Adam is. And as we begin with Eve... Ross says at the very start of of this uh, first chapter in the book about the 40 woman, Eve was a woman unlike any other because she alone among women knew what it was like to live in a world without sin. She walked and worked in a garden world without weeds or thistles. She loved and lived in a marriage without sin. Nothing had been spoiled, not yet. Nothing had been broken or twisted, bent or withered under the curse. There was true freedom to enjoy all God's good creation. There was only one rule and that was a good one for their protection and blessing. This is an incredible position for Eve to be in with Adam, her husband. This is really, I suppose, a foretaste of heaven. That this is what heaven is going to be like. No sin. Everything perfect. But, as we discover in chapter 3 of Genesis, sin comes into the world in this event that we refer to as the fall. As human beings fall from this perfect state with God and they fall into sin. And, At this point in chapter 2 before the fall, there's no sin, there's no death, there's no guilt, there's no shame. And that's the particular verse that Roz in this chapter brings out, this verse 25. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Because there's no sin, there is no guilt and there's no shame. And this is huge. And this is what we're told in Revelation that heaven is going to be like where there'll be no more crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And we're going to go back to what it was like here at the beginning of time and the beginning of creation. And that's why Eve is such an important person. That here she is, living as we will all live one day in the new earth and the new heaven that God recreates when Jesus comes back again. And here we're given given some really insightful observations from Eve's life about the gospel and what the gospel means. The gospel promise, as Ross says, is that one day we will once again walk face to face with our heavenly bridegroom in the true paradise. A world that is once again without sin, and then we too will know what it is like to be free from fear, free from pain, and free from shame. And that's the promise of Easter. Easter that as we are going to journey over these next 40 days towards Easter, we get to the point where Jesus Christ takes our guilt, takes our shame, takes our sin upon himself, and goes to the cross. And in that moment where Jesus dies, he pays the price for our sin and shame. And he offers us this wonderful freedom that all of that is taken away, and that we can then join him for all eternity. And Eve, here at the beginning of Genesis, is showing us what it is like to live in that state. Her and Adam are together. They feel no shame. There's no sin that's a Perfect marriage that they're sharing together. And it is a wonderful time for them. Whenever Adam first sees Eve, he is filled with adoration for her. In verse 23 he says, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. Such is his love for her. And we see that love of Christ for the church, Christ for each one of us, in going to the cross and dying for us. And we also have this little comment in verse 24 that reminds us what marriage is about and reminds us that it's a man and a woman coming together and being united together, that they become one, that they're no longer two separates working together, but they are actually one working together. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So let's think today about that perfection that is promised in the new heaven and the new earth, the perfection that Eve shows us here, where there is no shame. And let's give thanks together, and let's pray the prayer that Roz has in her book here. Creator God, who made Adam and Eve without sin and without shame, teach us not to be ashamed of our bodies. We praise you that your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ, was not ashamed to take on human flesh, nor to endure the cross, scorning its shame on our behalf. Though the world is now full of pain, fear and shame, thank you that because of him, we can have the confidence and joy of Eve. Amen.